Welcome to the Cross-Border Interview Podcast, a podcast about getting out from behind the keyboard and just talking. Each week, we invite a guest or two to sit down and talk about their life and their work. I'm Christopher Brown, your host, and this is the Cross-Border Interview Podcast featuring... I'm Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada. Uh, uh, thank you so much, Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada, for sitting down and chatting with us today. Uh, with everything going on in the world today, it's great time to hear different views and hear uh, perspectives that people don't want to hear often. And I'm always happy to have people on the show and talk about how we can make Canada better in the long run. Um, your story in politics started in 2006. Uh, with entrance into federal politics, but you had a little bit of politics uh, with your father as an MP for the same riding and the ambassador for Haiti. Did your yes. father did your father influence you a lot into getting into politics? A little bit, I must admit. Yes, you're right. Uh, my father was elected the first time in 1984 under Brian Maroney, and another time in 1988. That was a big uh, blue wave all across the country. Uh, and that was a kind of a referendum on the free trade agreement with the uh, American at that time. And after that, uh, my dad was elected as an independent. Um, and so he was in parliament for 13 years. And for me, during that time, I was studying in Ottawa. I did a business degree and a law degree in Ottawa U. And after that, I worked in the private sector in a law firm and after that in a financial sector. So I was working in Montreal. And in 2006, actually, you're right, um, I had a discussion with uh, Mr. Harper. And at that time, he was looking for candidates in Quebec. And we had the dinner together. And I told him that uh, if, he want, if he wants to have vote in Quebec, he will need to uh, speak about two things. First, uh, we must uh, lower taxes because uh, Quebecers are paying at that time and they're still paying a lot of taxes, income tax. And second, don't interfere in provincial jurisdiction. Just respect the constitution and everything will be fine. And so he did that. Uh, he delivered a speech in October 2006. Uh, and so that was part of the platform. And he asked me to run. So I moved uh, back in my riding in Bose in 2006. And yes, uh, I won the election, uh, Minister for the Industry Portfolio. And um, and until uh, 20, uh, I was a member of parliament until uh, 2019. Uh, and you know that I, I left the Conservative Party to create the People's Party. So the first set of questions I want to talk about is the People's Party, as I mentioned in our pre-interview, is the party of the Canadian value. Yeah. What is Canadian values to Maxime Bernier? Well, first, I think it's strong uh, free markets and conservative values. Uh, I just want to go back a little bit why I created the People's Party of Canada. I was a conservative, uh, a very proud conservative and strong uh, fiscal conservative uh, member of parliament. And uh, and I I did uh, run, uh, run for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. Uh, I had 49% of the vote. I was a very uh, 
very uh, happy because our ideas and, and that platform was based on four principles, individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect and fairness. And all our policies for that campaign were based on these four fundamentals uh, principles. So, so uh, <clears throat> and that run was not a success for me. And so I tried to speak with the establishment of the Conservative Party of Canada at that time, and I did. I spoke with Andrew Scheer, and I told him, you know, these ideas are very popular. Which one do you think you can take for the platform of the next general election? And he said, Maxime, we won't take any of your ideas. And now when you're speaking, you're speaking for yourself. You don't represent the party. So I tried to influence the establishment of the party for 15 months. And after that, you know, I said to myself, what is, <coughs> why running for a party that is not conservative and don't want to speak about the real issues that we have in this country? And so that's why I said this party is morally and intellectually corrupt. And I said that because the way that they are doing politics, it's by survey, polling, and, and, and statistics. They will tell you what you want to hear. And if it's popular, it's okay. And they don't have core, uh, core principles. Uh, and that's why they didn't want to uh, have a position against uh, climate change and, and say no to the Paris Accord. Uh, building uh, uh, pipelines or in this country, uh, looking at the equalization formula for a new formula that would be fair for every province. So they didn't want to take any of these ideas and, and they're not conservative. So I decided, you know, I'll do politics differently. We created the People's Party and, um, and the rest is history. You, you've, I, I need to unpack a few things that you just talked about there. Um, you... <laughs> You left the party, like you said, because you, as you said, it was intellectually and morally corrupt. Um, was that, was it starting under Stephen Harper or was it after Stephen Harper left that it started to become morally and intellectually corrupt? Uh, after Stephen Harper, I was a minister under Stephen Harper. I was industry minister and after minister for small business and tourism. Um, and I really uh, appreciated working for Stephen Harper as a leader. Uh, but after that, we had the leadership uh, contest. I was one of the candidates, Andrew Scheer won, and that's under Andrew Scheer. And, and as you know, Andrew Scheer was a, a failure for the Conservative Party. Uh, and I'm not surprised because at the end, he's not a conservative. So, so that's, uh, that was under Steve, uh, Andrew Scheer. And I left under Andrew Scheer, and I'm very happy with that decision. Do you believe that the Conservative Party has moved too much to the centre to try Absolutely. to appeal? Absolutely. They try to appeal to the uh, the vote in uh, Toronto and Vancouver and their liberal light. That's what I, I said. You just look at their policies. They're the same uh, as the liberals. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's the same policies on climate change, more taxes, more regulation. Same policies on pipelines. They don't have the courage to use the Constitution, Section Section 9210, to uh, because it's under federal jurisdiction to impose a pipeline for the unity and the prosperity of our country. Andrew, Andrew Scheer and also Aaron O'Toole won't do that. Aaron O'Toole won't... Uh, speak about immigration we have uh, mass immigration right now and, and i think it's uh, we need because of the corona crisis 
and the economy, we are in a recession. I think we need to have a moratorium on immigration. And actually, a, a lot of uh, Canadians agree with that. So, and, and Aaron O'Toole has the same position as uh, uh, Justin Trudeau on that. It's always more and more and more immigrants. So, so yes, that's what I'm telling you. It, it's a proof that the Liberals and the Conservatives are the same on a lot of important issues for the for for the the future of our country. Aaron O'Toole took over as the leader just recently. Uh, some say he is moving the party even more to the center than uh, Andrew Scheer did because he is a Toronto MP, Toronto area MP. He used to be my former MP. Um, does this give you hope that potentially the the right of the party might go, you know what, we don't need a center right. We have the liberals. We need a new party like the People's Party and we're willing to go out and give you a shot. Absolutely, yes. You know, uh, we are the only real populist conservative party in this country. And when you said a center, uh, I think the conservative party is not a centri centrist party right now. It's a center left. And, and um, you know, the liberals, the liberals right now are going more to the left. <coughs> they try to have more support uh, from the NDP. And so the conservative is going a little bit more to the left, center left to have more support from the Liberals. And actually, uh, Aaron O'Toole said that uh, early, the early morning when he was elected the, the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, he delivered a speech, I think it was 1 o'clock a.m. And he said, you know, uh, my goal is to split the Liberal vote. Uh, that's what, what he wants to do. And, and that's why he's, uh, he's not a Conservative anymore. Uh, another, another example of that, Trudeau said that, you know, balancing the budget, it's not important. And so uh, O'Toole just said after his leadership, you know, he will balance the budget in 10 years. 10 years, it's three elections. So saying that is he won't balance the budget. So they're the same. Uh, they're the same on a lot of subjects. And so, yes, the, the Conservative Party of Canada is the leftist party right now. And yes, yeah, that I think that will have more people, more conservative, who wants to vote for their values and what they believe, a, a free uh, a free country, an independent country also. Uh, I must admit that Aaron O'Toole is a globalist also. You know, he wants to uh, uh, sign the migration compact uh, coming from the UN, is for the Paris Accord. Uh, you know, we need to fight for Canadian sovereignty. And that's why the People's Party is there to fight and for every Canadian and we are doing politics differently based on principles and our goal also is to protect Canadian sovereignty and that's not the case with O'Toole so it's like the Liberals on that so that's why I think I will be able to have more support coming from former Conservative Party members that are disappointed with the way that the Conservative Party of Canada is doing politics now. So how do you do that? Because Canada is a unique country from coast to coast to coast. You have the East Coast issues, you have West Coast issues, you have Alberta issues, you have Ontario and Quebec issues, you have the uh, territory issues. So how do you reflect everyone in a party structure that might have to balance one province over another? 
But we want to downsize the federal government. The problem is the federal government. The problem is the federal government is interfering in provincial jurisdiction. The problem, the federal government <coughs> does not uh, respect the constitution. You know, uh, Trudeau and O'Toole, they are trying to uh, vote by <coughs> taxing people and using people's money to buy votes, uh, giving grant to big corporation and subsidies to, uh, you know, uh, uh, corporation like Bombardier or GM. And they're <coughs> they like to spend more money to try to buy votes. So for us, the solution is we must respect the constitution. We must have a, a smaller government in Ottawa. We must downsize the government. And if you do that, you won't have any conflict in between provinces. It's because the federal government is doing too much. The federal government is interfering in provincial jurisdiction that you have these, ten, these uh, tension in, in, in Eastern Canada and Western Canada. You have, you know, in Quebec, they want to the federal government to be out of the way. They want to have more autonomy. And I think out West, it's the same thing. They don't want the federal government to tell them what to do and to impose them uh, new rules or regulations on, on fighting climate change. Uh, so, so if you have a smaller government in Ottawa that will respect the constitution, so you'll be able first to balance the budget, you'll be able to uh, 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 being sure that uh, the tensions that exist right now won't be there in the near future. And that's why what I'm saying in Quebec, in French, and in uh, uh, New Brunswick, uh, in English or in French or in Edmonton in English, that's the same thing. I'm not there to please you and to do everything to have your support. If you don't like what, what I'm saying, if you don't like the policies and the principles of the People's Party of Canada, don't vote for us. That's it. So, yes, we had 1.6% of the vote at the last election. More than 300,000 people voted for us for the first year and a new party. I think it's okay. I think it's great. It took 20 years and six elections for the Green Party of Canada to have more than 1.6% of the vote. We did that on our first year. So now what we have to do, we have to consolidate. And, uh, you know, when there's 70% of Canadians that... Uh, don't want uh, more immigrants, that they want a moratorium on immigration. That's, we are the only party who, who, who said that, who believe in that. We said that we need to have a moratorium until the end of the crisis, when the unemployment rate will be down, when the economy will, will start, we'll have to look at it, but we need to have a moratorium. We're the only party. So, you know, if these 70% uh, of Canadians uh, vote for us, we will increase our percentage of the vote. So our only challenge right now is to be known. People don't know that we exist. Actually, I was doing a, a by-election in York Center uh, two weeks ago, and I was knocking on door, and people said, oh, the People's Party, is it a new party? I said, yes, it's a new party. And I, I, but a lot of people don't know that we exist. So that's why I'm doing that interview with you. That's why I'm uh, present on in uh, on social media, and also I will travel across the country and and do rally when I'll be able to do that because of different uh, uh, COVID-19 regulations. So we try will try to respect that, but uh, I want to travel across the country, meet our people, and you can count on us that we will have 338 
candidates at the next general election, so a full slate of candidates, and uh, will be ready, will give the opportunity to every single Canadian to be able to vote for the People's Party of Canada without doing any compromise with our principles. What we will ask them for once, vote for your values, vote for what you believe in. Don't vote against something, vote for something. And that's our proposal for the next general election. Okay, but every party says that though. Every party says vote for us because we align with your values. And then once you get into party power, it's completely different. It's I'm gonna change everything that I ran against. The, the party platform that we ran on, it's thrown out the window. So how are you different in that way? The liberals do it, the conservatives do it, the NDP do it in the few provinces that they've been elected, but they change their platforms after elections because they see the reality of being elected. So how are you different? How can you uh, ensure people who are gonna vote for the People's Party that you know what, what I'm telling you face-to-face -face right now is gonna be the exact same thing I do in Ottawa? Yeah, first of all, because <clears throat> when they're doing their electoral platform, they're doing that not because they, they, they try to have the right policies uh, that will answer the challenges that uh, we are having in this country. They're doing polling, they're doing focus group, and after that they create their platform. So they will say something that they don't believe in, and after the election, if they're, uh, if they're in government, they will do more polling, more focus group, and you know they will change and they will try to please everybody. For us, it's clear, we don't do our platform like that. That's why we're doing politics differently. We created a platform based on four principles and all our policies must be in line with these principles and they are. So like I said, individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect and fairness. And we're speaking about something. And if I'll give you an example, ending the cartel in supply management, the cartel for milk, dairy, poultry. Canadians are paying twice the price for these products because of this cartel. And we need to end that, but the, and we need to have a real free market there. But the conservatives are saying, no, no, we want to please our, our farmers, so we won't touch that. And when I'm speaking about that, I know it's the best policies for Canadian consumers. And I know the farmers, they will have a transition period, but at the end, we'll try to help them in a transition. But it will be the best, it is the best policy for Canadian consumers. They will pay, uh, they will save a lot of money. And also for the farmers, because at, after the transition period, they will be able to export their products around the globe. Now they cannot export that because they, they, they are receiving subsidies from the consumers and they, they, they have great products. I want them to be able to export. So, so when I'm speaking about that, when I start uh, to, uh, to, to speak about that, maybe I had only 5% of people on my side. That's why the other political party don't speak about that because 95% of Canadians don't know what happened with, don't know why they're paying so high prices for uh, poultry and eggs and all that. And they don't want to, they, they want to please the farmers. And so the more you speak, the more you inform the population and the more support you have. Now, if you do a survey about ending the cartel in milk, dairy and poultry, 45, 50% of the population will be on our side. So at the People's Party, we don't say, oh, we won't speak about that. 
because it's not popular. No, we will speak about it because it's important. It's a reform that we must do. It's in line with our principle. We'll have a freer and a more prosperous country if you do that. And yes, we may understand that we don't have a lot of people that support that policy now, but our goal is to explain that to Canadians and more people will understand, the better it will be for us. And so, but that's why the other political party won't do that. You know, I'm speaking to your intelligence. I don't try to appeal to your emotions. That's why we're doing politics differently. And that's why I'm saying the same thing before the election, during the election, and after the election. And by the way, the platform that we put forward at the next general election will be almost the same. Almost the same. Because, you know, that's too important for the future of our country. We need we need to do these reforms. And that's too important. So that's why we are different. When I, I used to live up in northern Alberta and during the last election, and I had countless co-workers come to me and say, you know what? The People's Party has it right. They're telling me what I need. I, I, it's not what I want to hear. It's what I need to hear because it's the party that's actually going to be telling me the truth. And it's not going to lie to me. And it's not going to change its values. And they look at you and they were so pissed off that you lost the election, pardon my French, the leadership election for the Conservatives, because they saw what you're talking about. The party moved to the center and they left them behind. So they were looking for that. And when you came out and you launched the People's Party, a lot of people in Northern Alberta were happy about that. Yeah, and I understand, you know, about the Wexit movement over there. I understand your frustration. O'Toole said in a speech just after being elected, yes, Western alienation is important. We must find a solution and blah, 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 blah. But the solution is there. The solution is evident. You know, you just have to respect the Constitution. Be sure that you'll have pipelines. Use the Constitution and impose a pipeline, yes, on Quebec and yes, on another province. You know, it's, it's under your jurisdiction. You must be able to do that. So, first of all, it's easy, but O'Toole won't speak about that. And second, I understand you in Western Canada. You are giving a lot of money uh, to Canada with the equalization uh, formula. Uh, and so we need to change the formula to be less uh, generous change the formula and to be less generous. But O'Toole won't speak about that. That's the solution. And you can do that with one cabinet meeting. You don't need to pass a legislation. The federal government is in charge of the equalization formula and can decide how much money we'll spend under that program. So what I'm saying, review the formula for a formula that would be fair for every province. It's not, it is not fair right now. Quebec and Atlantic Canada, they don't have any incentive to develop their natural resources. If they're doing that, they will. the federal government will cut their equalization payments. They will receive less money. So we need to change that to give the right incentive for provinces uh, like Quebec and, and New Brunswick to have the right incentive to develop their natural resources. So we are the only party that speak about that. So, uh, and that's a solution for Western alienation, but O'Toole won't say, won't speak about that. And, uh, and, and Paris Accord, we're the only one who want, we won't sign the Paris Accord. We want to impose, impose new regulations because the environment is a, a shared jurisdiction with provinces. So if uh, in Quebec, they want to have more regulations to fight climate change and impose more taxes, good for them. But for us, we will respect the constitution and we won't do anything, anything for climate change. 
that will be under the provincial government if they want to do it. So, but O'Toole won't say that. He is for the Paris Accord. He will impose taxes and regulations. He, wa- he, doesn't, he doesn't want to change the equalization formula. The equalization formula. Uh, so I understand. So I'm saying to people out West, look at our platform. We have the solution. And I know that you believe in this country. Yeah, I, people out West, they are part of this country. They believe in this country. They just want to have a fair deal. And they don't have a fair deal right now. Hey, but I'm going to have to call you out on that because the current equalization formula was put in under Stephen Harper and it was reintroduced by Justin Trudeau. You were part of that government. The current premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney, was part of that government. Aaron O'Toole, if I'm not mistaken, was in cabinet as well. Yeah. Why didn't you do it then? Okay. First of all, the formula exists. It is part of it is in the Constitution and that program exists for the last 50 years. So, and what Stephen Harper did, he, he just gave more money. He was more generous. So, the, like I told you, the federal government has an obligation to have a formula that will give money to poor provinces. And so that's in the constitution that the, the equalization formula exists for the last uh, 50 years. So, Harper, what he did, and I was part of that cabinet, and O'Toole also, and Sheer also. He increased the amount of money in the equalization formula to give to poor provinces like Quebec and New Brunswick. So uh, that was a cabinet decision, and uh, and but we didn't do any we didn't do a campaign uh, on that. It was not part of our electoral platform. And he, but in government, Harper decided to do that. So for me, I'm speaking about that right now. I know that you know you cannot always give more and more and more money. You need to change that. It won't change. So that's why, you know, I'm speaking about that right now. I delivered a speech in New Brunswick and I said that publicly. And I had an interview after that because, you know, CBC didn't like to cover me during the last election. But at that time in New Brunswick, a journalist from CBC said to me, Maxime, I want you on my show live at 7.30 tomorrow morning for five minutes. I said, great, that's a nice opportunity for me. Uh, and she said, we will have a discussion about the equalization and your position on the equalization. And I said, perfect. I was there at seven o'clock, 7.25. They put the mics and everything live. And they said, you know, it's live, four minutes, one, two, three, go live. Mr. Bernier, you uh, you did deliver a speech yesterday here. Yeah. And you said that you want to cut the equalization formula. I said, yes. And why are you here, Mr. Bernier, in New Brunswick? I said, you know, I want to have more support. Mr. Bernier, are you serious? You want to have more support and um, you want to cut the equalization formula. Do you understand that here in New Brunswick, 50% of our provincial budget is, is coming from the equalization formula from the federal government? So you're saying to people here, you'll cut their provincial budget by 50%? I said, yes. I said, yes, we'll do that on a transition period. But I'm not the only one who's going to do I'm not the only one who's uh, uh, want, uh, who, uh, who want to change the equalization formula. Uh, your premier just said uh, a week ago that, you know, we must change the formula because the formula is, is <clears throat> that formula is unfair. So yes, let's have a discussion, change the formula. Our goal must be to be less generous, yes, but we'll do that on a transition period and people will have time to adapt. New Brunswick will have time to develop their natural resources, but it's not fair right now. And I'm coming from Quebec 
and I, I'm saying the same thing in French. So I spoke over there and I said, I'm speaking to people here because I want to tell them what is not working in this country. And I understand people out west that they are mad, they're frustrated and they have a point. So we need to fix that if you want to keep the unity of this country and the prosperity of our country and let's have that, that national discussion. But I don't have a national discussion right now because all the other leaders don't want to touch that because they said, oh, if we do that, we won't have a lot of votes in New Brunswick. We're not crazy like Bernier, so we won't do anything. And O'Toole, that's why. O'Toole said he will he understand the, the uh, uh, <clears throat> frustration and Western alienation, but at the end, He's doing the Conservative Party of Canada is doing and won't do anything for you. So look at our platform and I'm telling to you, to Western Canadians, we have the solution. And I know that you like this this country, but you don't want the federal government to interfere in your in your day to day life. And same thing for me. The one of the biggest issues that Western Canadians have, especially people in Alberta that I speak to, is our vote doesn't matter. Our vote at election time does not matter because Toronto, downtown Montreal, has more votes combined compared to Alberta and Saskatchewan combined. How do you change that? How do you get proper representation for Alberta and Saskatchewan when by 8.30 in the afternoon after election, when election day is, if on Toronto goes red or blue, you don't care about what's happening out West. So how do we, as a Canadian society, ensure that what happens here in Alberta and Saskatchewan matters to what happens in Toronto? So I'll give you an example. People out West voted for the Conservatives uh, at the last election and they had to do. And we have to do right now. So, you know, and the Conservatives are taking for granted your support. So I'm telling you what you what you have to do, and you just have to vote for the People's Party. Imagine if we have all the the the, the MPs from Alberta. That and maybe we won't have we won't be in government. But at the end, that will send a strong signal that you know something is wrong in this country. We must sit down and discuss the real issues. So the solution for that is to vote for your values, vote PPC, and if we elect. Uh, five or six or seven uh, candidates from Alberta, that will send a strong signal. And that will say to, to the federal government, okay, they are serious, they want changes, and let's, let's, uh, let, let's uh, have a deal on that. Uh, I think it's important. Uh, that's the only way. If you vote conservative at the next time, you know, you voted conservative and he, <clears throat> we have Trudeau right now. And now the Conservative Party of Canada is not conservative anymore. So you are wasting your vote. So I'm telling you, yeah. The goal next time will be to be sure that people understand the frustration of uh, Western Canadians. And, and I understand it. So by voting with the PPC, I can tell you the elites in Ottawa will understand that. You, uh, after your election in 2006, you were called the Albertan from Quebec. Do you still hold that title close to your heart? Yes, I'm very proud of that. And you know why? Because I, uh, first of all, that's a journalist uh, from Toronto. When I was industry minister in 2006, 
uh, and he called me the Albertan from Quebec because I was pushing for more freedom, deregulation, free markets. And so the same free market values that you have, individual freedom in Alberta. And so he called me the Albertan from Quebec. And for me, that was a nice compliment. And yes, I'm proud of that. And uh, and and the way the way to uh, to uh, be sure that conservative, real conservative values will be understood in Ottawa is to is to vote for an Albertan from Quebec. Um, we'll talk about pipelines here for a few minutes, if you don't mind. Um, Alberta has been hit hard with this economy. COVID-19, the downturn in oil prices, it is not coming back soon. Down in the States, we have just seen the potential election of Joe Biden, the next president of the United States, who has said he will kill Keystone XL on day one or close to it. How do we get our mark our oil to market when you've talked about it briefly a bit, but how do we get our oil to market and stop our reliance on one partner of that market resource? Yeah, so it, it is a bad news for, for not only for Western Canadians, but for all Canadians, if the new administration uh, is killing uh, that project. So, but what we must do, we must do things that we control. So we are able to build a pipelines, Eastern pipeline or Western one. So we are able to do that. We just need the, the leadership in Ottawa and, and Ottawa, has all the tools, like I said, uh, use the constitution. We built we built a national infrastructure more than 100 years ago by using the constitution. Uh, you know, we have uh, uh, the train that is crossing our country and uh, that it, we, the way to build that, it, when they did it, they used the constitution. They said, you know, okay, it's under our jurisdiction because it's a trans-provincial uh, um, uh, um, railway. So, so, and that's the same thing with a pipeline. So, yes, we must do everything to be sure that in U.S. the new administration won't kill that project. But at the same time, we must be able to build and and and, and being firm. Yes, yes. And actually, we need to explain that also. You know, people in Quebec understand we have the lac megatic tragedy. Uh, when a train was transporting oil and gas, and that was a huge tragedy. So people understand that it's safer for the environment and safer for the population to transport oil and gas by pipelines than by train or by uh, trucks. And so it, you just have to explain that. And we have pipeline. I'm in Montreal right now, and all the energy coming, going to the uh, Dorval Airport, the Trudeau Airport, it's by pipelines under the ground. So we have pipelines and we are able to build a pipelines that will be top notch and the, with the last technology in 2021 or 2020. So, uh, and the, the politician must, be, must have the courage to take that file and explain that to Canadians. It's a common sense. Uh, so that's that's why we think that uh, it's too important. And that's why we will always speak about that. 
I, I want to talk touch on one subject before we wrap up here, and it's not something that we talked about in our pre-interview, but uh, I, I'm assuming you'll be able to answer this. Um, we are seeing a rise in First Nation issues across this country, from Nova Scotia to recent comments from a, a local councillor here in Alberta who has sparked a, a sort of a national conversation about First Nations issues. What is the People's Party of Canada's position on First Nations issues and would they respect the treaties that were signed in 18, in the 1800s today? Yes, yes, we will respect the treaties, but at the same time, we want to abolish the Indian Act. You know, Trudeau uh, is saying that uh, we have a systemic racism in this country. I don't believe in that, but we have institutional racism in this country. That's the legis legislation, that's the Indian Act. It's an institutional uh, racist uh, act. So we need to abolish that. And, and we need to be able to have a kind of a property, property rights on reserve to give the tools for them to develop their own resources, their own businesses. And so we need to have a discussion. We need to, re to abolish the Indian Act, but also I don't have all the solution. But after the Indian Act, we need to have a new partnership with the First Nation. And, you know, look in Quebec, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we did uh, uh, a long time ago under a PQ government, La Paix des Braves, uh, so a peace uh, treaty with, with, uh, with the uh, aborigines from uh, northern Quebec. And, and it's going very well. They're developing their natural resources. Uh, Hydro-Québec was able to build uh, new infrastructure over there. So we need to have that discussion. And I think they're ready. They have to be responsible. And the only way to develop natural resources is to be sure that we'll have a, they will have a deal with Ottawa and uh, we need to, to uh, develop a kind of a property rights on reserve for people on reserve that they, they, they can build an asset, they can have something. Now it's a socialist system on reserve and we need to change that. And I'm not afraid to have that discussion. Have you had, have you started having that discussion with uh, chiefs and uh, elders of First Nations? Yes, when I was uh, during the last general election, when I was traveling, I had meeting with some chief and some chief told me, Maxime, it's a good idea. We agree with that. But the challenge is what will be uh, what will be the phase two? Phase one is to abolish the Indian Act. But after that, and we had discussion about their ideas. And I said, you know, we will need to have a, a national commission that will look at it and give a report to, to the government and fix that for once. And they, they, they were ready and they were happy that I was saying, you know, I don't have all the answer, but I'm ready. And I think that we need to turn the page and doing something that it's more in the 21st century. Uh, before I let, uh, wrap up here, I'll give you one chance here. Um, you have two minutes. Why should people vote for the People's Party? Why should people learn more about the People's Party? We have talked about a few issues here and we've barely scratched the surface on what's going on in Canada because we haven't talked about COVID, but why should people reach out and start looking at the People's Party of Canada seriously? Because like you said, it's a new party, people don't know about it, so why should they learn about it? Yeah, first I think because the <clears throat> they must understand that we're doing politics differently. And for, for us, we are doing politics for all Canadians. And that's not a slogan. That's not a buzzword. Look at our platform. And if you believe in this country, if you believe in a sovereign Canada, 
uh, look at us. We don't believe, we don't want a supranational entity like the UN uh, imposing to us their view. We want to defend and protect Canadian sovereignty. So that's important. And I think people must vote if they like this country, is they, if they love this country. Look at our platform. We have the solution based on, on our values, Western civilization values, to be sure that we'll have free market, that we'll have policy that would be fair for everybody. And, and so look at our platform. And if you believe in these four principles, individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect and fairness, we are the party for you. We want to fight for you, but for our country. Our country, it's important. We want Canada, we like our country, and we want to be sure that the, the, the policy that the federal government is putting forward will be built for Canada and not uh, a policy that uh, will come from the UN or national uh, extra uh, uh, entity that will impose their views like they're doing right now with climate change or with the uh, global migration compact. So if you believe in you, if you believe in this country, we are the party for that. Awesome. Mr. Bernier, I want to thank you so much for doing this. We're just about time. Uh, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting. Uh, I'm greatly appreciated. And for anyone who wants to learn more, uh, the link to the People's Party of Canada's website and social media pages will be in the show notes. Yeah, peoplespartyofcanada.ca. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. Thank you once again for listening to the Cross-Border Interview Podcast. If you love this episode of the Cross-Border Interview Podcast, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. All the links to our social media accounts are in the show notes or visit www.crossborderinterviews.ca. The Cross-Border Interview Podcast was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated. Be sure to tune in for our next episode of the Cross border interview podcast once again thank you